And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program, as we're going to be talking about the widowed prophet. So stay tuned as we look at Ezekiel chapter uh, 24. And for those of you that are following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for those who are tuned in, who want to grow in their relationship with you and study your word. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the book of Ezekiel, that we can understand Israel's past, but also their present and future. And we pray you'll reveal yourself to us through your word today. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to a Truth Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is the widow or prophet. So we encourage you to keep our program in prayer. And for those of you, again, follow us on social media, share it with your friends and family, and also get your Bibles open and uh, join in with us as we study God's Word. But before we do so, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, another wonderful week. Another wonderful week, brother. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic, Nathan. Things are wonderful here in South Florida. We went through the uh, time change recently, daylight savings time, and I'm really enjoying the new time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like I'm waking up early in the morning to drop my son off at school in the dark and the cold. But uh, yeah, it's nice that it's brighter later. It's uh, encouraging. I Although, don't you think that maybe daylight savings time is probably past its time? Nathan, yes, I agree with you. It's way past this time. I hope they just leave it alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's be gone with it. Oh, uh, hey, you always ask me every week to uh, tell people about the ministry. How about you this week? Tell folks uh, what they've tuned into. Well, Nathan, ChristInProphecy.com is our, our link uh, website that they need to check out. They can check out there all the wonderful resources. You and I serve as evangelists here in the ministry. And also, Nathan, we had the opportunity to uh, write a book together, God's Mighty Angels or the Mighty Angels of Revelation. And individuals can find that here also in our resources at the website. And also, Nathan, they can tune into Christ in Prophecy weekly and also all the wonderful podcasts uh, that we have here. We have a number of also volunteer evangelists here that are myself and um, Patrick Oliver. And in Spanish, we have uh, Dalmas uh, uh, out of... Um, Nicaragua. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so we have an array of um, uh, of resources for individuals that want to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Uh, so, Nathan, again, uh, just wonderful resources. If I'm forgetting something, you always do a great job in filling me in because you have more of the uh, the, the production end of things over there. Well, I'm impressed. You did a very good job. Yes. Folks can uh, tune into our website, ChristinProphecy.org. And yeah, we have a wealth of information there. The only thing you left out is our TV show, which is called Christ in Prophecy, which folks can find on the major networks like Daystar, but also online on our website, uh, his channel, Truly Rumble. Uh, I'm sorry, not Truly. Truly's uh, doesn't. Uh, his channel is now uh, Truly went out of business. But uh, yes, so we've got quite a number. Folks can also download our app, the Lamb Lion app, and they can also listen to this podcast on Pray.com. So if you've tuned in via Pray.com, we want to welcome. Uh, we've only been on Pray.com a few months. And if you like Christ in Prophecy and the truth will set you free on Pray.com, then please uh, send us an email uh, through 
our website at christinprophecy.org. Let us know that you're listening or watching on Pray.com. It really helps us in understanding uh, who's tuning in. Nathan, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you see, that's why I let you do the announcement, because I always botch them up, man. I always forget something. You did, but you did a fantastic job, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, individuals know that you and I will always have a lot of fun here as we uh, as we study God's word. Uh, and it's just nice to see uh, the word of God bring light into events. Uh, I mean, Nathan, even right now, there's so many events happening around the world that line so well with Bible prophecy. And people need to be aware of that and how that ties in also to the book of Ezekiel. And uh, so we're living in exciting times, Nathan. I always say that we live in Bible prophecy times, that we are seeing Bible prophecy unfold right before our eyes. And the book of Ezekiel also points to many events uh, that are that will actually touch even through our time. Well, I think you said it very well. Ezekiel is an interesting book because not only does it address Israel's first dispersion or first exile from the land of Judah up to the land of Babylon, about 600 BC, 582 is the particular date. Uh, But it also has prophecies about Israel becoming a nation again. When we get up to chapters 36 and 37, Vic and I will talk a lot more about that. And that's happening right now in our day and age. But then you move into chapters 38 and 39, and it talks about a, a great war that will be coming to Israel, led by Russia and the Islamic nations, which I believe we're getting very close to. The allies have all lined up, and uh, the uh, hook in the jaw of Gog, as as Ezekiel 38 says, is is now known. And and then you see Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48, which is about the millennial kingdom, which happens after the tribulation time period. So Ezekiel is a fantastic book about Bible prophecy, well worth studying and I'm glad you all have tuned in to come along on the journey with us as we explore the book of Ezekiel. Fantastic, Nathan. Thank you for sharing that. And with that, we want to invite individuals to uh, uh, dive into the word of God with us as we have been looking at Ezekiel chapter 24. On our last program, it was a great program, Nathan, dealing with uh, the people of Israel and also likening them to a pot, if you will, uh, and, and how they were going to be uh, judged by God because of their disobedience. Uh, according to chapter 24, God was going to use uh, Babylon, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, will come and uh, and there will be a siege. And of course, that's how so many of the children of Israel ended up in captivity, uh, much like also the next wave that appeared to, uh, excuse me, that also tied the book of Daniel into it. So these guys were contemporaries, right, Nathan? And there's a lot going on here uh, that ties into uh, what, what, how God is dealing with his people. Yes, yes. You both got Ezekiel and Jeremiah, who they both wrote books, you know, the books of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. They both were at the time of the first exile of uh, Judah. And uh, Daniel would be much younger, but he'd still be alive at that time. And he would live all the way to the end of the 70 year exile, which is really exciting. Um, So we've got these prophets who were prophesying about the destruction of Jerusalem. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Lamentations, also written by Jeremiah, then you can read about the aftermath of what happens. But at this point, in Ezekiel chapter 24, we're at the siege. The elders have called Ezekiel in. They're like, hey, you're a prophet. Tell us what's going on. And for a number of chapters, God's like, "Uh, you have to ask. Let me tell you about centuries of your rebellion 
your sin. Matter of fact, he describes the people of Judah to be far more wicked than even their neighbors around them. I mean, child sacrifice and incest and murder and, and abuse of the poor and the oppressed, horrible, horrible things. So God is going to send them away in exile uh, for the purpose of a remnant that believes still in him will be purified and then brought back to resettle 70 years later in the land of Judah. And so that's where we're at right now in the story. Yeah, Nathan, and, and, and he opened up there uh, about the, uh, again, the rebellion in verse 3. We notice chapter 24, verse 3, and utter a parable to the rebellious house and say to them, thus says the Lord God, put on a pot, set it on, and also pour water onto it. Gather pieces of meat in it, every good piece, and thigh and shoulder. Fill it with choice cuts. Take the choice of the flock. Also pile few bones under it. Make it a bo boiling as well. And let, and, excuse me, and let the cuts simmer uh, in it. And I love that because it's talking about a parable, Nathan. And, and right there, he was trying to explain something uh, that they will be able to understand regarding how God was going to deal uh, with these individuals. I remember my old Bible study, uh, Bible school years, the definition of a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. For some reason, that definition has stuck with me all these years, but it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so the earthly story is a cooking pot that's boiling. The heavenly meaning is that Jerusalem is the pot and the choice meats in it are the Jewish people. And the fire is the Babylonians who have besieged Jerusalem and are about to destroy it and consume the food in the pot. In other words, they're going to kill many and then exile the rest. And that is uh, the darkest time in Israel's history, probably since they had to go through the 400 years of um, slavery in Egypt. So this is a we're at a very dark time in Israel's history right now. And Nathan, we're also going to be dealing with another dark portion of the scripture and a sad one as well. As we get here, as we continue in chapter 24, verses 15 through 18, we're going to notice uh, an event here, an account uh, that is kind of difficult to understand. Would you be able to read that for us, Nathan, in case someone doesn't have a Bible, Ezekiel 24, verses 15 through 18? Yeah, this is a, this is a real hard story, uh, picking up in verse 15. Also, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, behold, I take away from you the desire of your eyes with one stroke, yet you shall neither mourn nor weep, nor shall your tears run down. Sigh in silence, make no mourning for the dead. Bind your turban on your head and put your sandals on your feet. Do not cover your lips and do not eat man's bread of sorrow. So I spoke to the people in the morning and evening, my wife died. And the next morning I did as I was commanded. Mm. That that is an amazing passage. You know, sometimes people forget that uh, the prophets and the, and the disciples that they they had families, they had loved ones. Oftentimes, uh, when we read through the Bible, it mainly focuses on the ministry of the individual, but we sometimes forget that they also have a life. And here we have this tragedy, what will seem as a tragedy, if you will. And Nathan, you and I have been married for many, many years to a wonderful wives. And I cannot imagine having to uh, really go through something like this. Yeah, it's probably when you read about the in the Bible that God asks sometimes for for tough faith. I mean, you look at Abraham, who was promised a son and through that son would be a, a tremendous nation. And, but then God asked him, go and sacrifice your son Isaac. And Abraham obeyed. And just as he was about to sacrifice Isaac, God stopped his hand and preserved him. So in faith, Abraham knew that God 
but still keep his promise. Well, you've got tough things like Moses, who wasn't very social. He's probably a, an introvert. He's living out there with the sheep for 40 years. And God says, no, you're going back to Egypt and you're going to take on the Pharaoh and you're going to deliver my people, which was way outside of Moses's comfort zone. But here we got a prophet of God, Ezekiel, and God asks the prophets many things. But he says, okay, as a, a sign to the people, you have to live it. And by living it, you have to lose your wife, the thing you cherish the most. And, uh, you know, Ezekiel has been asked to do some, uh, he's an acting prophet. So he doesn't just write, but he acts out God's prophecies. And like, you know, he staged a little besiegement of the city using miniatures and stuff, but saying, okay, to make this point, I have to take your wife. Uh, that was tremendously faithful of, of uh, Ezekiel. And you're right, these guys were prophets of God, but that didn't mean that they lived on being prophets, many of them. We know that Ezekiel was actually a priest, and he wasn't out. He was exiled at 25. He had to wait five years before he became the legal age at 30 to become a priest. And then he returned somehow, and I, I'm not sure why or how, but he was allowed to return to Jerusalem, and he continued to bring the prophecies of the Lord, but he was a priest, so his job would be to continue to work at the temple. So, yeah, he had a day job. But, uh, oh, it's truly sad, man, that uh, the Lord took his, his wife from him. But there was a reason, right, why the Lord took the wife? Absolutely. Well, and Nathan, and also we cannot forget that in the New Testament, we find that uh, some of the apostles were also married. They had relationship. For, uh, Peter, for instance, the Bible talks about his mother-in-law, right? So in other words, we know that they have responsibilities, uh, but yet they still continue to trust God because they knew that God had a purpose even in the challenges. Uh, and, and of course, we know that, um, you know, along the side of them, their, their, their wives played a great part. And sometimes God will ask difficult things of us in ministry. Uh, and um, But God always is faithful, Nathan, no matter what he asks of us. What I love here is that in verse 18, we read, it says, so I spoke to the people in the morning at evening, my wife died, and the next morning I did as I was commanded. You know, it doesn't say here that he was bitter. He wasn't questioning God, God, why did you let this? You know, Nathan, like sometimes people have a loss in life and they never move forward. I, I believe there should be a, a grieving time period for things, but then we need to move on. And we notice Ezekiel here, he said, I, I did as I was commanded. In other words, he understood uh, that his he was his identity was not wrapped up uh, around a thing, around a person, around a title, but it was on obeying uh, the Lord's command. And here he says he, he did what the Lord had called him to do, you know? Absolutely. And, and what did the Lord command him to do? He says is, hey, when your wife dies, you're not allowed to show any sorrow. I mean... You know, to further the people, that must have they must have looked at Jeremiah, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel, and said, "Wow, that's cold." And then bear in mind that Ezekiel's not an old man; he's probably in his early thirties at this point. So they're a young couple. Uh, we don't even know if they have kids. And so, you know, we've got this situation where God's asking Ezekiel to do something that is almost impossible. At least publicly, you're not allowed to mourn her. We think of Mary, the, the earthly mother of Jesus. She had to watch her only son be crucified. Uh, you mentioned Peter's wife. Well, we don't know if Peter's wife was alive when he was crucified, but I'm sure, uh, you know, as men died earlier at that time period, that she watched her husband die for his faith in the Lord. So there's times where the Lord asks us to, to do what's seemingly almost impossible things 
for a purpose to further his gospel. And as we'll read on in, in, in Ezekiel 24 here, we'll see what God's purpose is. Absolutely. And, and that's what we notice there as we pick it up in verse 19. And the people said to me, will you not tell us what these things signify to us that you have uh, that you behave so. So apparently, Nathan, also his behavior spoke something to them. Uh, I just love that because they saw the way that he reacted uh, to God's testing in his life. And that was God's way that he wanted to speak to the people. Because under normal circumstances, Nathan, a lot of people will probably leave the ministry. They will say, well, God, why did you do this? Why did you allow? You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to trust you or follow you anymore because of this. But rather than doing that, Ezekiel uh, 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 obeyed the Lord as he was commanded, and that in itself spoke to the people. Yes, yes. And, and he spoke to the—he didn't have to keep it a secret. In verse 20, we read, Then I, Ezekiel, answered them, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Speak to the house of Israel, and thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will profane my sanctuary, your arrogant boast, the desires of your eyes, the delight of your soul and your— Sons and daughters whom you left behind shall fall by the sword, and you shall do as I have done. You shall not cover your lips, nor eat man's bread of sorrow. Your turban shall be on your heads, and your sandals on your feet. You shall neither mourn nor weep, but you shall pine away in your iniquities, and mourn with one another. Thus Ezekiel is assigned to you according to all that he has done. You shall do, and when this comes, you shall know that I am the Lord God. Hmm. Nathan, that's a powerful passage. I always like where it ends, I, so that you shall know that I am the Lord your God. You know, Nathan, they, they straight away, they were serving so many other gods. As we spoke in the earlier passages, in the earlier chapter, they had given themselves to idolatry, child sacrifice, uh, just all of the things of the world. They have forgotten God, we read in chapter 23. And God wanted uh, to serve as a reminder, certain things to happen so that they will know that he was God. And he says, so that you shall know that I am the Lord. And Nathan, that's the key. God wants people to know who he is, uh, that he loves them, that he has a plan for their life, that he wants them to obey and turn to him. And God would allow certain things to happen to get people's attention. And it really shows God's heart, because for one, Ezekiel clearly loved his wife. You know, he wanted to mourn. He wanted people to mourn with them. The Jewish people in that culture were notoriously good at large groups of people mourning. They'd even hire professional mourners sometimes to add to the to the solemnness of it. And there was a certain way of burying the dead and then uh, coming back again and putting them in a special tomb. And, you know, there's a lot of work when it comes to death. And yet he wasn't allowed to do any of that. And it was all to show God's heart that, like Ezekiel, God loved the Jewish people. He loved them immensely. He he sacrificed so much for him. He gave them so much, and they continually rejected him and went after idols and, and behaved most profanely. And so, likewise, the Lord himself uh, made his face solid and just kept moving forward with his plan uh, because he knew he, he had to do He had to fix this seemingly incurable wound that the Jewish people had and their, their evil and their rebellion. And so Ezekiel became a living testimony of the heart of God. And the people were supposed to see Ezekiel and connect with him. And that was a huge sacrifice for Ezekiel. But I think he really got his message across, right? 
Oh, absolutely, Nathan. And so much so that as we read there in verse 25 and say, and on, it says, and you, son of man, will it not be in that day when I take from their stronghold their joy and their glory, the desire of their eyes, and that on that which they set their minds, their sons and their daughters, that on that day, one who escapes will come to you to let you hear it with their ears. On that day, your mouth will be open to him who has escaped. You shall speak and no longer be mute. Thus, you shall be a sign to them and they shall know that I am the Lord. So Nathan also, it wasn't just Ezekiel's loss, but here he, God was saying what will be their loss. Yeah, I mean, the people were living as if the judgment day would never come. I mean, they were given the law for many generations. They they knew what God expected of them, and they continually rejected it and continually rebelled against them. He gave them prophets over hundreds of years to tell them, hey, you know, I love you. Come back to me. Uh, you know, stop this evil. But they, they just continued to run away from God and, and behave poorly. And so God, who loved them, knew that he still needed to keep his promise to Abraham that there would be a seed. And to David... Uh, there would eventually be a someone to sit on his throne forever. And that promise couldn't be swaged by a people who rejected him. So it was time to make things so bad. Uh, as a matter of fact, even Moses had prophesied back in Deuteronomy that the people would be exiled if they continued to set their hearts against God. And that the time had come, judgment day had come. And brother, I, I think this is a huge, huge example to the world right now because the Jewish people were exiled, and they came back 70 years later. And then in 70 AD, they were exiled again, and they came back in 1948. And God says when they come back a second time, it would be an unbelief, and it is. About 75% or more of the Jewish people in Israel are secular humanists. And as we read later in Ezekiel, we're going to see that God's going to refine them again through hardship to bring a believing remnant that will turn to him and accept him as Savior. And we're living in that time period. What a time to live in, right? Nathan, it is. I think the, the world seems to have been taking the focus away from God, including so much of Israel's people. You and I have the opportunity to go to Israel and we see how far away they are <laughs> from the true God, Nathan. I mean, I, I thought I was, uh, when I saw their lifestyles, when I visited Israel, I was expecting something totally different. When I saw how liberal they were, when I, I mean, I felt like I hadn't left the United States of America. And, and, and this is why, you know, that's why we notice here part of the problem was it says in verse 25 that desire it says and you son of man will not be in that day when i take from their stronghold their joy and their glory the desires of their eyes and that on which they set their minds uh their sons and their daughters and, and nathan when I, I again when i was there in israel i saw that what people were setting their minds on the 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 Jewish people. It was not on God. It was so much of the things of the world. Yeah. It, it, I mean, when you go to Tel Aviv, it's the the homosexual capital of of the Mediterranean. I mean, it, there's you know, many, many gay couples all over the place. It's very prominent, promiscuous. You go up to Haifa. Haifa is filled with uh, false religions and idolatry. You go to Jerusalem, which is the religious capital, and you see paganism everywhere. It's very liberal. You know, you grew up uh, for most part of your life in New York City. That's how I felt like when I was in Israel, like when I was in New York City, 
the Jewish people are very similar in their leftist and liberal ideology to New York City Jews. And it was very disheartening because the Israel we support and love isn't been refined yet that a third of the Jewish people will come to know Jesus as their savior by the end of the tribulation and so be saved and, and go on into the millennial kingdom as a, as a priestly people during that time period. You know, we haven't seen that happen yet. Uh, we're just in that part where the Lord prophesied in Isaiah 11 that they would be regathered a second time in unbelief. And so that's happening. And so we're witnessing it. And so this terrible atrocity that we're reading about in Ezekiel, the prophecy says will happen again to the Jewish people. And we're getting very close to it according to the signs of the end times. And, and so just like the Jewish people of Ezekiel's time who lost their love, in other words, their lives, their freedom, their livelihoods, their city, their land, so too will the Jewish people again experience that during the tribulation time period. Very sad. Well said, Nathan. And I think, uh, again, for those of you that are part of this program, I, I believe that this is a message for you that are tuned in. But also, we, we need to pray for the people of Israel. Sad to say, but we see the same parallel condition happening even right now over 2,500 years later. And God is not going to turn a blind eye to all of what's going on. God loves his people. God loves the Jewish people. He is not done with them. But God will fulfill his promises. There will be a discipline coming to the Jewish people for turning their backs on God. But also we need to recognize there's also a discipline that's going to be coming for you and I if we don't turn to Christ while there is still time. The Bible talks about the judgment that is coming on the world. And you want to make sure that you find yourself on the right side on a, with a relationship with God. John 3, 16, the Bible said that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Nathan, I just believe that all of what we're seeing is a, is a knock at the door, right? Nathan, a knock of people's hearts to recognize their ways and to repent. Yeah, and as we see in Ezekiel here, sometimes you have to lose everything earthly that you cling to that keeps you apart from God before you will bend a knee and ask to be reconciled with the Lord. And, and that time is coming unto this world. Uh, wow, you were really having fun with your cell phone today. <laughs> but uh, I know. It's like a music. Or you're playing with your cell phone, one or the other. But, uh, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Well, folks, uh, we're at that time in the show where <clears throat> Vic and I uh, extend Christ's love to you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior yet, then. Heed what Vic just read in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, just like Ezekiel had to give up his wife, uh, God the Father gave up his son, Jesus Christ, to die horribly on a cross, to take the punishment for your sins upon himself. And he beat death by coming back to life again. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the, the wrath of God is satisfied, as John 3.36 says. Your sins are forgiven, and then you inherit eternal life with him. And Vic, if someone's ready to accept Christ as their Savior, how should they pray? 
You know, Nathan, I always invite people to pray a very simple prayer. We do this at our ministry every week when I give an invitation after I finish teaching. And the reason why I pretty much say the same uh, uh, prayer is to give people an opportunity to come to Christ, but also make it in a simple format where it's not so religious, where they would just call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says he knows the heart of every person and they will be saved. And they can do that with a very simple prayer by calling on the Lord, just saying, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner, but God, right now, I repent from my sins and I turn to you, Christ. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my savior and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray in Jesus name. And Nathan, anyone that prays that prayer, the simple prayer and means it from their heart, the Bible says the Holy Spirit moves position from being with them to being inside of them, and they're born again, and they're granted eternal life. And if that's you, reach out to us. If you pray that prayer, call us, text us, 305-992-9537. Nathan and I would love to rejoice and send you some material so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. So thank you, Nathan. But it is pretty much that simple to open their heart to Jesus. Oh, amen. Well, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I hope that today, uh, by the time you're done listening to this, which is just one minute, that you will know the Lord as your Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nathan, like always, it's always uh, what a blessing it is to be able to share with people God's word. But time goes so fast, right, Nathan? I mean, we're at the end of our episode. Yes. Well, God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. And of course, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, again, saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep him. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week and keep your eyes on the Lord. He is coming back very, very soon, and he loves you so much. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.